You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Friday Anything Goes Edition. Hope you're all having a great day wherever you're at in God's big, beautiful world. Living in America. Getting ready for the weekend. That's what most Americans are doing on Friday. Getting ready for the weekend. All you folks that are driving home right now, all you folks that are on the freeways, all you folks that are, hell, already home, worked early, got home early, Friday. Maybe getting barbecue out, whatever, but it's Friday. It's glorious Friday. And here in America, as all freedom-loving people across the world do on Fridays, they get ready for the weekend, I would assume. All you folks over in Europe, all you folks New Zealand, Australia, Canada, I'm assuming, down in South Africa, y'all getting ready for the weekend. And there's all kinds of things going on around here where Gary's at. Uh, car shows, barbecues, you name it. I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. I'll figure something out. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've talked in length about Christianity in this country, and we've talked in length about racism in this country, supposedly. We've talked about Barack Hussein Obama Jr. de Sissi and how he is trying to implement his communist, Marxist, socialist, progressive, whatever you want to call it, ideology, ram it down the throats of we, the people. But it's not just him. It's the Communist Democrat Party and it's a do-nothing Republican Party leadership that just kind of roll over and let Obama scratch their belly, you know. They don't do much. They don't say much. Every once in a while, they'll parade somebody out there and they'll blow a little smoke up America's backside and then they'll go back and hide under their desk until another day where they have to come out again and spew a little bit of, uh, oh, I don't know, spin or whatever you want to call it. But I would imagine most Americans who pay attention are getting sick and tired of the Republican Party and their whole approach, their whole attitude towards Obama, the Democrat Party, and all the issues that we, the people, are facing on a daily basis. It seems like every day is something new that we're getting smacked upside the head with. Something going on in our country, something going on in some other country that impacts us directly. And we see Obama constantly up there lying about what he's doing about it or not going to do about it. But we never see the Republicans in mass. We never see the Republicans up there saying, wait a minute, Obama. What you're saying is a lie. What, and not any mistruths or backstepping, stepping or uh, misspoke speaking or whatever. It's a damn lie. Can you use the word lie? Can you attach the word lie when Obama opens his mouth? Can you do that, Republican Party? Do you not have enough Balls, do you have enough spine to use a true word, lie, that the American people can understand, not misspoken, not stepping back on what he said, not spin, whatever. Just call it a spade for what it is, a damn lie. You know, people up in D.C., Inside the Beltway, I've dealt with I dealt with those people many, many times when I was an intelligence operative and a pro- project manager for that intelligence agency after I'd come back from overseas. 
And those people up there had their own language. They had their own way of looking at the world, looking at we the people out in the heartland, down south, down here in Texas, wherever, other than the east coast, the rest of the nation is looked at differently. And the sooner you folks out there in heartland, wherever, come to realize that, the better off you're going to be. The better off you're going to be able to recognize when these folks up in Washington, D.C., if they're a Republican, if they're a Democrat, if they're a State Department representatives, if they're the press secretary for Obama, they're all a bunch of damn liars. And they lie every day. They have developed that way of misinformation, disinformation, and propaganda spin, if you will, to make it sound like the truth. That has been in the development stages for decade after decade, and now they have got it down pat. They know how to do it. And they know how to take a different way out of their tool bag of lies and misinformation and disinformation and propaganda to hoodwink the American people. And what's really sad, most of the American people today are underinformed, misinformed, or they just don't give a damn what's going on in their country. They don't even know what's going on that impacts them or their families or themselves. That's what's really sad. That's what's really sad. Now this guy, Obama... He gets up there and he talks about how great Muslims are and how great the Islamic religion is. And in the same breath, he means and dismerches the Christian religion and in the same breath claims he's a Christian. And the American people, a large majority, buy into what he's saying. How can you Americans out there do that? How can you Americans stand there and fall on your swords and stand shoulder to shoulder and protect Obama. How in the hell can you do it? But you know, during a conversation about poverty, now this is just one example, okay? During a conversation about poverty, President Barack Hussein Obama Jr. de Sissi said he was concerned that more wealthy people were separated from poverty because they choose to frequent private institutions instead of public ones. Part of what's happening here is that elites in a very mobile, globalized world are able to live together away from folks who are not as wealthy, and so they feel less of a commitment to make these or those investments, he explained during a panel discussion on poverty at Georgetown University. I'm going to stop right there. Georgetown University is a Catholic university. Georgetown University, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for opening the doors to that individual, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. de Sissi, who stands for abortion, stands for everything that Catholicism stands against. And you open the doors and give him carte blanche time and area and space to spew his progressive, his communist ideology and his hate against Christians. I don't understand you. You, the people who are the leaders of Georgetown University, I just don't understand why you open your doors for this guy. He's got plenty of colleges that stand with him that he can go spew his lies and they'll gladly clap and applaud him. Why do you have to give him the space and the time? Georgetown University, I don't understand it. Now, getting back with the program, Obama criticized 
The free market system in America for allowing higher concentrations of wealth to exist among the rich, while the bottom percentage was being left behind and receiving a smaller portion of that wealth. He is going after, he is going after capitalism again, ladies and gentlemen, because you see he's a communist. Obama is a communist. He won't admit it. He might say he's a progressive. And communist and progressive are same, same. We who pay attention know this. He's going after capitalism, what America was built on. And he's trying again to drive the wedge between the haves and the have-nots, criticizing the haves for having too much and the have-nots for not having anything at all. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, when you look at socialism or communism, what he marches to, and you look at what he is saying about capitalism, communism destroys countries. Communism puts people in gulags never to be seen again. Communism takes the rights and freedoms away from the people, whether they're poor or rich. Communism is a destroyer of the human psyche. It's a destroyer of the human idea that freedom exists in us all. It takes it away from those who are under the boot of communism or Marxism or progressivism. And Obama, that's what he's pushing. He wants this to be a communist nation, our nation. So he goes after the free market. He goes after capitalism. And he blames all the concentrations of wealth on that said setup, capitalism. And he also says the folks at the bottom of the ladder are left behind, receiving a smaller portion of the wealth. But here's where we draw the line. Here's where we can make the uh, argument, if you will, against what he wants, communism, socialism, Marxism, and what he doesn't want or wants to destroy capitalism. In a capitalist society that America has grown from its beginnings to now, In a capitalist society, if you really want something and you want it to the point where it's eating you alive and you want to be successful as a race car driver, successful as a whatever, if you have the hidden talents, if you have the initiative, the wherewithal, the drive, you can achieve your dream because you live in a society where freedoms allow you to do it. In in communism... You do not have the accesses to freedoms and the movement that you would or do have under capitalism. Even though you want to achieve what has always been in your mind that you think you would want to be an astronaut, whatever, you, under the communist ideology, probably will never achieve that dream. Because you see, under communism, they tell you, what you're going to do from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, from cradle to grave. They take care of you. And in the same breath, they also take away your freedoms. Your freedoms to do what you damn well would like to do. There are the two blatant different views of two different ideologies, two different plans, if you will, that countries run by. Communism, capitalism. Where does everybody want to be? Do they want to be in a communist party? Do they want to be in a communist country? Or do they want to be in a capitalist-based 
country like the United States. Why are people clamming? Why are people scramming and jumping fences, etc., to get into America, a capitalist society? Why aren't they beating down the doors to get into Cuba or China? Why? Because those are communist countries with no freedoms. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this guy Obama, like I said, is a communist. He goes on to say, when he made this speech at uh, Georgetown University, those who are doing better and better, more skilled, more educated, luckier, have greater advantages are withdrawing from the commons, he said. Kids start going to private schools. Kids start working out at private clubs instead of the public parks. And anti-government ideology then divests from those common goods and those things that draw us together. That's a damn lie, Obama. You're saying people that succeed are lucky? It's the luck of, it's the, it's the luck of the draw? Is that what you're saying, Obama? You know, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to pay attention. You've got to wake up, America. This man is is lying to the American people. You can read between the lines of what I just said, and you can you can put communism, communism, communism. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. He wants public institutions. And he explained going on, leading to government cuts to important public functions makes the nation less equal. See, he's going after the Republicans. He's going after the budget cuts. He wants big government. He wants government to the point it's, that it's already in our pocketbook and in our billfolds. It's already in our, our homes. It's already telling us we can't smoke here, can't smoke there. We can't do this, can't do that. We can't have free-range kids. We can't do anything. Without the federal government, big government, Uncle Sam, big brother coming down and telling us, you can't do that. It's against the federal law. And can't you people in America see that it is the eroding our freedoms, our freedom of speech, our right to speak out, our constitution? Can't you see it? Can't you see what he's wanting to do, what he is doing, what the Communist Democrat Party and the do-nothing, lay-about, good-for-nothing Republican leadership is doing to this country? It's destroying it. It's destroying it. Then he gets into this thing about, in the past, these economic barriers existed for people of color. But he warned that the growing economic inequality was creeping into the lifestyle of the middle class. I've got news for you, you SOB. The middle class has always fought inequality. The middle class didn't fight it by whining. They did something about it. Those who wanted to raise up out of the middle class and make something of themselves, they went after it. So don't be telling the American people that it was all the luck of the draw that some made it up to the top and some didn't. It's hard work. Something, Obama, that you know nothing about. You've lived off the government since you were uh, uh, 17, 18 years old, going to college, paid by somebody else, working in as a damn uh, community organizer in South 
Illinois, South Chicago, always on the always on the payroll of some government agency. And now you're on the payroll, sitting at the top, looking down your nose at we the people, whether we be black, white, green, or yellow, and telling us that we have got to march to your ideology, your Communist Democrat Party's ideology of communism, or we are losing it, and we're not going to have a... Uh, pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of. We're always going to be in poverty. We're always going to be lower middle class. And as far as you're concerned, that's not right. Everybody should all be brought down under communism. We all should be brought down under your ideology to the same level of misery. Freedom in America. Freedom in America Radio Network, presenting the traditional view of the good old American dream that you won't hear about on the liberal media. Freedom in America! Yeah. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors, it's the least you can do. Folks, why won't we go to the doctor? My uncle called, speech all slurred, complaining his arms numb. He called everyone. He even called my daughter, Tierra, because, you know, she's got a year of nursing. <laughs> everyone thinks he needs to go to the doctor, including me. So he said, well, will you take me? I'm like, I'm on the road. He goes, I'll wait. <laughs> Stroke's no joke. Dial 911. Time loss is brain loss. Seriously, dial 911. Visit strokesnojoke.org, brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Well, welcome back to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Friday edition, Anything Goes. Well-dressed man. Yeah. Wow. You know, Obama insists that uh, there, there need be more investments in public schools, public universities, public early child education, and public infrastructure, insisting that funding these organizations both grows our economy and spreads it around. Spreads it around. That's just another word or words for communism. Spread it around. But, you, you know, the Democrats are always talking about we need money for education, more money, dump more money into education. Every time, right before elections, those people on the left will get up, more money. We need more money for public education. We need to get these people educated. What they're really saying is we need to get these people indoctrinated. Public universities, public schools, public early childhood education, 
It's not education. It's indoctrination. It's indoctrination into the way of being a socialist, a Marxist, a communist, a progressive. It's indoctrination. It's cookie-cutter indoctrination of our children through the public school system funded by you and me where we put our kids, little Johnny and Mary, on the yellow school bus or we drive them down to the schoolhouse Monday through Friday in the family truckster and let them off and dump them off so they can go into school. You're rid of them for six, eight hours and those people that are standing up or teaching your children, my children, are nothing more for the most part, most of them, nothing more than left-wing socialist Marxist progressives indoctrinating our children in the way ways of that ideology and discouraging them to learn anything or respect anything about the country they live in. You don't believe it? Look the hell around. Look at these young kids. Look at the attitudes they have towards America, towards the Constitution, towards people that are older than than them, etc. Just look around. Listen to what they have to say. You have to go no further than Baltimore. Baltimore gets more federal money than 99% of all the other schools in America in a public school setting in a, in a large city or any city. More money is spent on per capita, per pupil in Baltimore, the second most in America. And look at them. They couldn't find their ass with both hands. They don't know a damn thing about their country except all the ills that this country has suffered over the decades and the centuries. That has highlighted all the good things this country has done in the past and doing now. Those things are left by the wayside. They're not taught those things. They're taught to hate America. They're taught to hate white people. Most of the people that attend public schools in Baltimore are black. And you got people like Obama, Michelle Obama, the Communist Democrat Party, up there preaching that sermon every damn day. He goes on to say what used to be racial segregation now mirrors itself in class segregation. And this great sorting that's taking place is destroying the black community, I guess. The growing Class and racial segregation in America, he explained, affected the political will for people to spend taxpayer money on public school education, he insists. The public will looks at what these kids are getting as far as an education. And they're saying, we're dumping billions of dollars into that educational system, that public school system, and we're not getting our bang for our buck. These kids are coming out of school, out of college, uneducated. Some of them can't spell. Some of them, most of them don't know a damn thing about their country. They don't know a damn thing about the Constitution. They don't even know who in the hell the Vice President of the United States is. And you want more money? Now, like I've said on my show many times, the schools, the public schools are being ran by a union, the National Education Association. Now, the National Education Association is all on board from day one when it's founded way back in the late 1800s to present day. It has always been on board with the idea 
of using public schools, the public school systems as indoctrination clinics to indoctrinate the pupils, the population of those schools down through the ages into socialism and communism. And now it's out of the closet. You can see it firsthand. They are not ashamed to talk about it and say they that that's what they stand for. Now, I've talked about the National Education Association tied at the hip with the Communist Democrat Party many, many times since my show's been on the air since 2007. I've talked about the National Education Association and what they want to do with America. Their agenda, if you will. Their agenda is not one of educating our children. Their agenda is indoctrinating our children. Obama knows that. The Democrat Communist Party knows that because that is the propaganda arm, indoctrination arm, if you will, of the Communist Democrat Party. Our public school system ran by the National Education Association and the American Teachers Federation, the indoctrinators, the change agents that call themselves teachers. I'm not saying all are there at that plateau, but I'm saying many in the majority are. But you know, folks, if you stop and think about it, if you stop and think about public school education in the United States, who pumps money into it? Who pumps our hard-earned taxpayer money into it? Who's always talking about pumping more money into it? It's not that we don't want our children educated to be the best educated children in the world. It's how they go about not uh, educating them, but indoctrinating them in their ideology. I'm talking about the left. The left, the communist left, the communist Democrat Party, like I said, controls the public institutions of education, higher learning. When you send your child to college, that child is going to be exposed to communist, socialist, Marxist, environmentalist, whatever you want to call them, that are going to change the whole attitude, the whole way that your child looks at things, the whole attitude that they were brought up under, under a good moral background, that is all going to go flying out the window when they get to college. And uh, the, the base that those professors teach from is the very base that is instituted, indoctrinated, ingrained in your children's brains back in high school and middle school. And now they want to be in charge of your children preschool. They want to have your children from the time they are four and five years old until the time they're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, when they graduate from college. They want to have control of them. They want to have control of what they know, what they learn, and how they learn it, etc. It's not education anymore. It's indoctrination. And who is pushing it? Obama. Who's pushing it? The Communist Democrat Party. And here we are, the American people, the taxpayers of America. We are paying for all this. We are paying for all this. But I just want to remind you before we go to break about all we've talked about, about what Obama is pushing on the American people, talking about socialist, social injustice as far as who gets what, as far as incomes and who has what and who doesn't, education, etc. It's all part of the communist plan. And he teach, uh, stands up there and talks to the American people about how people don't have any money, 
poor communities, have trouble paying their bills at the end of the month. And he goes on and says things like, I just don't know these people. And so there's a less sense of investment in those children, he said. And he's pointing at Republicans. He's pointing at conservatives. He's pointing at Tea Party folks like we don't care about our kids of America. But Obama has a solution. And he explained it was for politicians to make their budgets reflect the importance of public institutions and to spend more money, more money for improvements. He went on to say we shouldn't pretend that somehow we have been making those same investments. We haven't been, he said. And there's been a very specific ideological push not to make those investments. More money. Billions and billions of dollars. Just like the $22 trillion that's been invested in the war on poverty. All part of the great Democrat plan to dismantle America and rebuild it as a central communist government-ran country. But just a reminder, again, before we go to break, just a reminder to all you Americans out there, the Obamas, they are living high on the hog, partying like it was 1999. They have spent over $44 million of American hard-earned taxpayer money on elaborate vacations and trips abroad. While the great unwashed, we the people, are having a hell of a time, a hard time making ends meet. I would think that alone would piss Americans off to the point of banging on the gates of the White House. But no, we don't see Americans complaining. Oh, yeah, they might complain on Facebook. They might complain in front of the microphone like I do. But when push comes to shove and to take up the uh, reins and take up the uh, march on D.C. or something like that, they don't show up. They don't show up. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on Restoration Radio, United Kingdom. We'll be right back after a few short messages. Careful at the party, hon. Remember what we talked about? I know, Mom. No alcohol, right? Yeah, I know. Honey, seriously, I know you're in high school now, but you're still too young to drink. And you're still my daughter. I don't want anything happening to you. I know. I know. Really? Drinking is different with kids. You're still growing. You're still developing. It messes with your judgment. I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens. And you could do things that, honey, trust me, if you drink, you could do things you don't really want to do. That I don't want you to do. Yeah, Mom. I know. Listen, I'm just trying to protect you, all right? If you're a grown woman, it's different, but you're not. I know, okay? I know. Start talking before they start drinking, and keep talking. To learn more about the dangers of underage drinking and what to say to your kids, go to StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's important that we take time to remind ourselves that household products essential to our daily routines, if misused, can be deadly. While the rates of inhalant use are on a downward trend, we must remain steadfast in our public education efforts and continue to talk to our young children about the consequences of decisions they may make relative to the use of inhalants. 
At SAMHSA, we are releasing a new report that reveals that the use of inhalants among adolescents is declining. In 2007, 3.9% of adolescents used inhalants, down from rates of between 4.4 and 4.6% from 2002 to 2006. This is an encouraging trend, however much remains to be done. The data show that 17.2% of adolescents who initiated illicit drug use in 2007 started with inhalants. Inhalants remain consistently one of the first choices of initial drug use. Let's be clear. The consequences of this behavior are serious and can be lethal. National Inhalants and Poison Awareness Week provides an excellent opportunity to educate ourselves, our families, and our friends. There's no doubt that we all have a role to play. I encourage all to visit www.inhalants.org for information about the National Inhalant Prevention Coalition and ways to get involved in the community effort to address this issue. All right, all you folks out there that are having a hard time this Friday, something not going exactly right, well, hell, it's all right. It's all right. Car keys. It's all right. As long as you lend a hand, you can sit around and wait for the phone to ring, waiting for someone to tell you everything. Hello, this is Obama. Around and wonder what tomorrow I'm going to tell you what you got to do. Maybe a damn. You got to do what I tell you. You got it. No. I didn't get it. Somewhere down the road when somebody plays Purple Haze. Purple Haze. Well, it's alright. It's alright. Even when push comes to shove, it's alright. If you got someone to love, hey, we got it covered. You don't. I'm just glad to be here, happy to feel that. Every day above ground's a good day. And it don't matter if you're by my side. I'm satisfied. Well, it's all. Come on, let's clap. Hallelujah. Gatehouse got a lot to say, and I got some gray hair up there too. (laughs) 
All you folks up here, Dogs of War, Charlotte and all you Scarlet and all you guys up here, you DJs. Billy Van Horn over there in Freedom in America. I hope you're all are having a great day because it's all right. Here we go. An abrupt end. It's all right. It's all right, folks. We all got it under control, right? I'm just checking. Just checking. You know, like I said, being Friday and anything goes on the Gary Gatehouse show on Friday, you know that. You know, we were talking about UFOs the other day. Unidentified flying objects. And I was talking about all this stuff out in space and all these new planets they found, and I got emails from folks that said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Why are you talking about UFOs? I thought this was a political commentary show by Mr. Gary Gatehouse. And I said, yeah, it is. But by God, one day a week we got to take a little bit of a break from it. we got to kind of spread our wings and talk about other subjects besides politics. There's other stuff going on, and that should not be our whole life, right? Now, when we talk about UFOs, unidentified flying objects, I imagine some of you saying, Oh, hell, I'm out of here. And off you go. But it might perk the ears up of others. So you just don't know, right? One lady emailed me from Rochester, New York, and said, Gary, why don't you talk about all those ghost stories and stuff that are floating around? All those things. Ask people out there if they've ever been contacted by a ghost or seen a ghost. Or She said, that'd make for an interesting discussion. Well, yeah, it would make for an interesting discussion. Just like UFOs, just like driving fast cars, playing golf, whatever. There's always a discussion there that we can talk about. And most people, most Americans, they love a good discussion about things of the unknown, things that uh, they would like to know more about when it comes to, oh, I don't know, ghosts, UFOs, whatever. But I thought uh, the response I got from folks who sent me emails, by the way, you can send me an email if you like, at Gary Gatehouse at Hush, H-U-S-H dot com. Gary Gatehouse at Hush, H-U-S-H dot com. And I got, oh, I don't know, 25, 30 emails. Mr. Gatehouse, UFOs, you ought to be leaving them alone for somebody else. This is a a political show, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. But I talk about Christian things, and I talk about Anything that impacts on us, whether it be our psyche, anything impacts on our children, us, us, the country, our religion, our way of life, our attitude, the whole nine yards, the whole ball of wax. UFOs impact on us. You ever seen a UFO? By God, I seen a UFO the other day. 
And old Billy Bob is saying that, and he was talking to Carl, and Carl said, yeah, yeah, I see the UFO the other day, down there by the garbage can. I went out there to take out the garbage, and there was a UFO sitting right there on the ground next to that garbage can, about four foot across and four foot wide, and it was this looked like a great big old egg sitting there. And he was telling Billy Bob, he said, you know, that thing had a little bitty green guys that come out, and they was looking around the garbage can. I guess they was hungry. All that was in that garbage was old McDonald's hamburger boxes and stuff like that. I don't know if they would lay like McDonald's or what. But I stood there and watched them for about 20 minutes as they was walking around, getting in that garbage, looking for stuff. Then they got in that little egg-shaped thing took off. But you know, folks, Carl... He's a member of the Billy Bob and Carl show. He has all kinds of tall stories he does. You've heard him. And those two guys, they come into my into my studio. I, you've heard the story before. They'll set up, I got a big couch right next to a refrigerator. And in that refrigerator, I keep, keep my drinks, Dr. Pepper's. I drink Dr. Pepper diet to keep my slim waist looking good. <laughs> And Carl and uh, Billy Bob, they uh, they partake of Lone Star beer long necks. And I always put a six-pack or sometimes, hell, sometimes when I'm feeling good about it, I put a case of it in there. And they'll come over and they'll sit down on that couch. A lot of times while I'm doing the show and drink beer and read Sears catalogs and Hot Rod magazines and all this other kinds of magazines got laying around here. No, nothing like that. Just good magazines. Good magazines. And every once in a while, they'll make a comment about something I'm talking about. And I, when I talked about UFOs the other day, well, both their ears, all their ears just perked up. And old Carl, he went into his uh, tirade about seeing that UFO out by the garbage can. Matter of fact, I think they did a show on that a while back. And Carl, that guy, from being just a ranch hand, he gets in all kinds of messes. He sees all kinds of things that uh, I find him hard to believe. Some of the stories he tells about, he's seen Bigfoot down at the end of a fence he was working on one day, standing there. Bigfoot was standing there scratching his butt and looking back at Carl. And Carl looked at him and made a noise, and Bigfoot just kind of grunted and walked away. You know, <laughs> those are pretty uh, tall tales, if you ask me. But those guys are good for spinning them. They are good at it. And old Billy Bob, he he tell a good story too. By God, I was down there the other day at the down there at the dance hall, and I seen Carl come in there with his wife and these blue-haired women from San Francisco and San Antonio hairdressers. They all came in. They had some people visit them from San Francisco, and they come in there in them great big old fancy SUVs, as they call them. And they come in there in them tight jeans, cowboy boots, and them little bitty old short blouses, and that great big old tall hair, and they was sitting there drinking rum and cokes, and all the cowboys just were falling out of their chairs, falling off into the floor by the bar, stepping on their tongues, stepping on the other guy's shoes, trying to get over there to talk to them their hairdressers. And them hairdressers just say, you know, get out of here. We don't want to talk to you all. We're busy drinking our rum and cokes. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and old Carl, he just sat over there and be quiet because when he's not drinking beer, he stutters. Stutters bad to the point you can't, can't understand him. But as long as he's drinking Lone Star beer, he's just fine. He, you can understand him. But he talks otherwise with the stutter days over there sitting there. Matter of fact, Billy Bob's sitting over there asleep. And Carl, Carl, what the hell are you reading over there anyway? What is it? Uh, I'm, I'm drinking. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking one. I'm, I'm drinking my Lone Star, and I'm, 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 I'm reading a, a Mechanics Illustrated. A Mechanics Illustrated. Where'd you get that at? I didn't think we had them anymore. That was sitting here on this big pile of books. And that was Carl, all hopped up on Lone Star Beer, beer drinking, uh, reading Mechanics Illustrated, and he talked pretty good. He didn't stutter much, did he? But you know, folks, getting back to the seriousness of the show, we got to get serious here for some of our listeners. We cannot ever cut up or have fun. We've always got to be serious and talk about politics because that's where it all is. That's where it's all happening. That's what's always going down. What's in the world today is politics. So I read this article, and it says, the headline said, FEC panelists dismantle economic system and impose quotas to get more women in politics. Now, this here panel was complaining about what they uh, agreed was a lack of women's participation in American politics. And these panelists, on a forum held at the Federal Election Commission headquarters, FCC in Washington, on Tuesday suggested a number of solutions so we could get more women in the political arena. The solutions range from dismantling the economic system to public financing of campaigns and imposing quotas to increase the number of elected female politicians. A forum hosted by F. E.C. Chairman Ann Ravel has been the subject of controversy in recent weeks. Though it was paid for by the independent agency and hosted by FEC facilities, the Democratic Commissioner was the sole organizer of the event and selected all of the panelists herself. And they were all left-wing, pablum-puking, socialist, Marxist, progressive Democrats. All falling down and worshiping at the altar of socialism and communism and progressivism and worshiping the main preacher of that ideology right now, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. de Sissy. Now this lady, Ms. Ravel, Ms. Ann Ravel, R-A-V-E-L, who has served as the current chair of the FEC for four months, recently said, she was going to use her position to focus on getting information out to voters. She noted that the goal of the forum was to contemplate solutions to the under-misrepresentation or under-representation of women in the political arena political process and to look at the challenges faced by women in running for office. My God, I didn't know they had problems. I didn't know that there were such challenges they had to overcome. But, you know, they, these uh, women on the left, they always find, find ways find ways to, to complain and, and wring their hands and, and, and beat their chest and say, it's not fair. Not fair. 
She went on to say if I was really playing God, I think Hillary Clinton's trying to do that. Are you going to try to do it as well, Miss Ravel? But she said if I was really playing God, I'd probably have to uh, completely like, you know, dismantle our economic system that doesn't value women's work in the same way it does men's. How many times we heard that? That's getting old, isn't it? All you guys out there, isn't that getting old? All you women out there that work every day, hold jobs, hold jobs at whatever level, isn't that kind of getting old? Aren't you beating a dead horse? Well, the people on the left, they don't think so. Dismantle our economic system that doesn't value women's work in the same way it does men's. Well, hell, let's just draw all the men out, take all the men out of the goddamn workforce, put them on Social Security or welfare or whatever, and just turn the whole damn workforce over to women. All of it. Give it all to them. How about that? How about Miss Ravel? Would that work? Would that make you feel better? If I really feel like playing God, I would probably have to completely dismantle our economic system that doesn't value women's work in the same way it does men. God, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. But you know, these women on the uh, this panel of the FEC, this one lady, Miss Kimmel, Adrian, Adrian Kimmel, a feminist, also serves as the executive director of the Barbara Lee Foundation, which describes itself as a working to advance women's equality and representation in American politics. Now, Barbara Lee is a strong advocate of socialism. She's one of the members of the Black Caucus that made that trip over to Cuba to fall at the feet of Raul Castro and complimenting and, and, and disworshipping Barbara Lee. She has an upbringing in the political arena, has an upbringing of, upbringing of nothing but being exposed to communism, socialism, and Marxism her whole adult life. And she enjoys it. So she's got her little foundation going which describes itself as working to advance women's equality and representation in American politics. It seems like all these people on the left have a foundation or a little organization or something going besides what they're doing up there in D.C. to completely discombobulate the American people and bring them in line with their socialist Marxist progressive ideas. Like I said, we Americans get hit about the head and the face Every day, coming at us from all directions. All this pablum coming from the left. Well, this lady, Adrienne Kimmel, suggested that women have a diminished role in politics because they are also excluded from the top levels of the business world. Women candidates are still often excluded from high-dollar fundraising circles. In part, that could be because they also excluded from boardrooms, she said. Well, start your own damn business. Start your own fundraising circles. And then in institute or put yourself at the top. Do you think that people just got to open doors for you and say, Oh my God, you're a woman. Here, take a board place, a place on the board. We've got to have a woman. Yes, that's the way it is in America today. 
And it's getting more like that every day. It's not based on what you are, how you've done it, where you got, how you uh, had to struggle to get to where you are. It's because of your gender. It's because of your uh, uh, sexual prefer- uh, preferences. It's, uh, it's because of your uh, uh, religious beliefs, whatever. The color of your skin, whatever. That's what gets you where you want to be, not b- based on what you really know and how to do it. That's all out the window these days. Political correctness. That's a big player today on the left side of the aisle. Big player. But this lady, Kimmel, goes on to say politics is one of the oldest old boy clubs we have in our country. The same is true of the financial circles that contribute to candidates. Then start your own damn company, get it rolling, and contribute to nothing but female candidates. How about it? Would that work? There's another lady, Jill Lepore, a professor at Harvard University, went further stating that the dearth of female politicians was a cultural problem. Holding an elected office is a job. The conditions of employment are terrible for people trying to raise children. They're only possibly bearable in a very traditional marriage in which you are a father, Lepore said. Well, if dads can hack it, can't women? Can't you find a way for the dad to stay home? He stays home for everything else. Stay-at-home dad. You be the politician lady and let the stay-at-home dad do all the work that traditional women do. How's that? Would that work for you? And you can go up and drop dead of a heart attack or you can drop dead early of some other disease like most men do. Just go ahead and do it. She went on to say the more children the women have, the more likely it is she has been forced to drop out of her profession. Well, you people on the left, you've got abortion? You believe in it? You believe in taking a human life to further your career and your profession? Go ahead and use that tool that you stand up and praise. Oh, a caveat to that. If you by chance use that tool of abortion... To get rid of that parasite in your stomach? So you can further your profession? Abortion? What are you going to tell Jesus Christ when you're standing in front of him on Judgment Day? Oh, that don't count. Because you don't believe in Jesus Christ either, right? You're a woman of the left, right? You don't believe in any of that stuff. Even traditional marriage. Why are you even talking about it? You know, ladies and gentlemen, America's sick. You look at the people on the left and they are, they're sick puppies. They are always looking for some easy way. They're always looking for some way to complain about something. That this doesn't fall within the easy way of doing it. If they can't get into politics because they're females, they say. Then they've got to get all these doors open to them because they're females, they say. Or they've got to get the abortion right up there and stay there in hammered in granite as a guarantee for them. If they want to pull the plug on that parasite that is in their womb because it is hindering their ability to move up the ladder in their profession, then by God, they want that too. And they've got it. But you start talking to them about the impact of their lifestyles, abortion, 
the impact on the family because of gender bias now and gender this and gender that and same-sex marriage and homosexuals having uh, children through artificial insemination and all this other crap that they buy into and believe, and you tell them that it's all sin and it's no good and it goes against the teachings of Jesus, they don't listen to you. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in Christianity. If they do, it's a perverted belief. It's not the true belief of Christianity. It's all been redesigned, bent and shaped and spun to fit the lifestyles of these perverts, these people. But they'll stand there and tell you, I'm a good American. I deserve to be in the politics of America. I deserve to be in the political arena. And I'm a woman and I can't do it because I've got all these kids hanging off of me. I can't do it because my career was cut short because I had to give birth to little Billy. Well, just stop giving birth. Stop giving birth to kids, period. And in a hundred years, we can just say, goodbye, America. The old and infirm will die, and there won't be an America that we know today. It'll be ran by somebody else. All you folks out there that complain, you'll be long gone. But you know, ladies and gentlemen of America, these people complain and complain and complain. And you know, one last thing before we go to top of the hour break for Fox News. These very same people are now, these females, these people that uh, that are all Democrats, are all progressives, all socialists, whatever. We're talking about quotas. And one... Uh, person said, just to sum it up, for people in the United States who are really unfamiliar with quotas, even though they are in places in hundreds of countries in the world, quotas are a mechanism to encourage women's representation. And there are quotas that are very strict, that actually require seats. And I think that's what people think about when they hear quotas, that a certain number of representatives in a legislator will be of a certain sex. So they're what they're saying, revamp the economy so that it will support more women to run for office because it's just not unfair. It's not unfair that they don't have the doors open to do it. And they establish quotas to guarantee there's going to be women sitting in certain amount of seats in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. I guess at all levels, state level, county level, federal level. Quotas. Now, if you're running in a certain district and you're a male under quotas, you can't do that. Is as female seat there for that district. No males allowed. We've got to fill our quota. You know, I talk about communism every day on my show. Just another example of where these left-wing women are coming from. Communist, every one of them. Democrats, every one of them. They could give a hill of beans about the Constitution as written. They could give a hill of beans that the way Americans are supposed to look at and have looked at in the past, you will arise to whatever level you want to rise based on your ingenuity, your education, your wherewithal to give up things to achieve that end. No, now you got to have quotas. 
You got to have a guarantee where you can circumvent all of that and present three or four females to join up to run for a particular seat in the House of Representatives or the Senate in a certain district based on quotas. Like I said, sorry, Bill, you can't run in that district. That is strictly set aside for women. Women will run in that district, and the quota will be filled. We have to have X amount of jobs or openings in the political arena for the House of Representatives and the Senate that are guaranteed to women. So don't even bother to run. You can't, by law, run there. Is that where America wants to be? Where the federal government dictates to us who and who cannot run in particular areas of the of the United States? It's coming to that. Do you buy into it, America? Do you buy into it, conservative women? I don't think so. I know all you young women out there that have been ran through the whole process of your your communists and your progressive uh, professors in college. You'll buy into it, the hook, line, and sinker. Most of you, not all of you. This is Gary Gatehouse, top of the hour, and we'll be back after the Fox Five Minute News. News Radio, I'm Pam Puso. It remains the key question in the derailment of an Amtrak train in Philadelphia. The rapid acceleration of the train in the minute leading up to the crash. 65 seconds before the end of the recording, the train speed went above 70 miles per hour. Then 16 seconds before the end of the recording, the train was going 100 miles per hour. Seconds later, the emergency brake was applied. The train hit a curb and then jumped the tracks. Why is something investigators hope to learn from the engineer? He has agreed to uh, to be interviewed by the NTSB. Robert Sumwalt with the NTSB. Philadelphia Mayor Michael Nutter has been straightforward in his criticism of engineer Brandon Bastian. Nutter saying no rational person would think it's okay to take a curve at more than 100 miles an hour. Fox News Ready Goes Gurnell Scott in Philadelphia. Eight people died in the accident. A new round of talks between Cuba and the U.S. is scheduled for next week in Washington. Negotiations aimed at normalizing relations have been hung up in part on disagreements over the ability of U.S. diplomats to travel without restriction in Cuba and meet citizens, including dissidents. To the nation's allies in the Persian Gulf, President Obama says the U.S. will keep its commitments. To ensure that uh, Iran is not uh, obtaining a nuclear weapon and triggering a nuclear arms race in the region, but we also discussed uh, our concerns about uh, Iran's destabilizing activities in the region. The president holding a summit with Arab leaders at Camp David. They've expressed concern about the pending nuclear pact on Capitol Hill. On this vote, the A's are 400, the nays are 25. The House follows the Senate in passing a bill that would give Congress a say in any Iran nuclear deal. The president is expected to sign it. Fox News ready to go. Fair and balanced. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave. But unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, 
When I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. He hasn't stepped down, but a state senator in Vermont has been removed from two committees following charges of sex assault. Republican Norm McAllister was accused of abusing women who worked on his dairy farm. McAllister has pleaded not guilty. In Missouri, a Republican state lawmaker is resigning. House Speaker John Deal is stepping down after exchanging sexually charged text messages with a college student serving as a Capitol intern. It's a growing problem for the post office, and it has nothing to do with red ink. Thousands of postal workers want to know with nearly 6,000 of them bitten by dogs last year, roughly 200 more than the previous year. The growing popularity of online shopping being blamed because letter carriers have to deliver packages at the door, making close encounters with canines more likely. It's such a concern that the Postal Service is having workers undergo professional training on how to respond to dog attacks. With more than 400, the greater Los Angeles area, the nation's dog bite capital for postal workers, followed by Houston and San Diego, all warm weather cities. Jane Metzler, Fox News Radio. Since you are what you eat, there's a new push for food makers to identify ingredients, specifically the ones not from nature. Right now, it's tough to tell whether or not the food you're buying contains genetically modified ingredients. But soon, detecting GMOs may get easier now that the Agriculture Department has developed its first government certification and labeling for foods that are free of genetically modified ingredients. Fox News as ready goes Rachel Sutherland, the labels would not be mandatory, although some consumer groups are pushing for that. This just in, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell saying he'll hear the appeal of Tom Brady's suspension. The quarterback for the New England Patriots was suspended for four games after a report found he was probably aware that footballs were being deflated. Camp Russo, Fox News Radio. Well, looky here, a new listener. Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station. You are listening to the Gary Gatos Radio Show. Hey, that's right. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Friday edition, anything goes. Hey, you know, I haven't done this in a long time. Quite a while now. And uh, I should be reprimanded for that. I should go over and wake up Carl and tell him to reprimand me for not mentioning all my listeners in Australia. Now, all you folks over there in Brisbane and all you folks out there in Alice Springs, all you folks over all over Australia, I'm sorry, I apologize for that. I really do. Now, you know, you folks over there, all my patriots, all my brothers and sisters over there in Australia, that stand for the the things that Gary Gatehouse stands for, that uh, are part of your take-back-your-country movement, I'm with you 100%, and uh, I'm sorry, I apologize for not bringing up the fact that you folks are working diligently over there to do whatever it takes to get your country back on the straight and narrow. I applaud you for it, and again, I apologize for not getting the word out to the American people just how our brothers and sisters in our sister country of Australia, how hard they are working. All you Tea Party folks over there, how hard you're working. 
to put your country back on the main road again. Australia, our sister country, reflects a lot of our values. Those folks in Australia do. I love them. They're good. They're great people. I served with a lot of them when I served in Vietnam up in I-Corps. Australians up there. A, a, a rough, tough lot of folks. Now, ladies and gentlemen of America, we've been talking about schools today. We've been talking about poverty. We've been talking about Obama. We've been talking about quotas. We've been talking about uh, females wanting a bigger part of the pie in the political arena, and they want to go about it a way that doesn't sound too American to me. But what am I? Who am I to say whether it is or not these days? In the new America, where everything is topsy-turvy, upside down, on its head, where things that were frowned upon did not agree with most of the population way back when I was a kid and a little bit older, now they are mainstream. And all of us folks, all of us old school folks, as a lot of you younger folks like to refer to us as, we just don't get it anymore. We are out of mainstream. We are just a bunch of doofuses that are living in a different era of the United States that have never grown up and moved forward into the new century. Well, if that's what it takes, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't. Now, we've been talking about education and how the uh, Republicans, they don't say much about education. But the Democrats, the Communist Democrats, the Progressive Democrats, they have a whole lot to say about it. Why? Because the public school education system is indeed their indoctrination arm of their communist ideology. It is. Let's face it, it is. And they control our children from the time they're four or five years old until the time they graduate from college. And they push that issue. Everybody needs to go to college. Everybody needs to get higher learning. I ran into a guy the other day who graduated from a Midwest university and he uh, graduated with an engineering degree. What's he doing for a living? He's selling cars. You know, folks, and I've said it for many, many years, the American people have been brainwashed. Moms and dads have been brainwashed through the fact that if you do not save your money if you do not work one, two, and three jobs and put that extra money in the bank for little Billy or Mary so when they have the opportunity to go to college, you can send them there because if you don't, you should be ashamed of yourself. Those children will never amount to a hill of beans if they don't go to college. Well, most of the American population of America today, moms and dads, and in the past, have bought into that scenario. And they send their kids off to school and all they do are doing is sending their kids off to get indoctrinated into the ways of the left. All you have to do is look around, listen, just do it. Now, the Secretary of Education has come up with a new idea. A new idea on a better way to get your kids away from the influences of the family, away from the influence of mom and dad, away from Christian values and a good moral upbringing. The Secretary of Education backs public boarding schools. And he says there are certain kids we, meaning the government, should have 24-7. Education Secretary Arnie Duncan on Tuesday proposed the idea of public boarding schools, saying there are just certain kids we should have. We, the government, should have under our influence 24-7. 
He goes on to say, one idea that I threw out is the idea of public boarding schools. And he was talking about uh, at the National Summit of on Youth Violence Prevention in Crystal City, Virginia. And he says, well, you know, that's a, just a little bit of a different idea, a controversial idea. But the question is, do we have some children where there's not a mom, there's not a dad, there's not a grandma, there's just nobody at home? There's just certain kids we should have 24-7 to really create a safe environment and give them a chance to be successful, he said. Folks, did you understand what he's saying? He's saying that our certain kids, he identified them to a point, that don't have a mom, don't have a dad, and there's not a grandma, there's just nobody at home. Well, who the hell supporting them now? Are you saying that the dad and mom and the grandma are all out working? Maybe one, two, three jobs just to make ends meet and they can't be at home with Junior because Obama's economy and the way that the government is treating Americans today is detrimental to a mom and dad uh, family? Is that what you're saying? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that we want to control your kids 24-7. Now, this event was organized by the Education Department, the Justice Department, and other federal programs and agencies featured speakers and panels on preventing youth violence. They always find a way. They always find a way to get the toe in the door, the foot in the door, the body in the door, and they use whatever's going on at the time to do it. You can draw the line from what they're saying back to the Baltimore riots and all those kids out in the streets with their Jordan uh, sneakers on and their uh, designer shirts and uh, necklaces and crap. Those poverty-stricken kids throwing bricks at cops. Well, we got to find a way to get those kids on the straight and narrow as far as the government goes. Well, we ought to have some public boarding schools and have those kids 24-7. If you think it's, they're bad now, wait till they graduate from them boarding schools. Who's going to teach them? Who's going to teach them all the rights and wrongs? The federal government? The same government that goes at every opportunity they have to go against Christians and the Christian beliefs and the Constitution? Are they going to be teaching our kids in the suggested public boarding schools that the uh, Secretary of Education, Arnie Dunn, has suggested we establish? Just certain kids, we should have them 24-7. There's a certain kids out there, he said, we should have 24-7 to really create a safe environment and give them a chance to be successful. And like I said, the event was organized by the Department of Education, the Justice Department, and other federal programs and agencies, featured speakers and panels on preventing youth violence. Material distributed by the Centers for Disease Control striving to reduce youth violence elsewhere states. Youth violence is a public health crisis in the United States. Homicide is the third leading cause of death of young people with an average of 16 youth murders every day. More than 700,000 young people ages 10 to 24 were treated in emergency departments for physical assault related injuries in 2010. And the, the Secretary of Education said that school should be more than a place for learning at the event. 
Now, for ladies and gentlemen, I reported way back a couple of years ago about how the National Education Association over the years had designed a curriculum, their curriculum, on how they were going to run their schools in the future. And one of those was a place where the school was no longer a school for uh, a place for education. It was a place where people could get abortions, could get welfare stamps, could get treated for injuries, could get psychiatric care, all in one, one nice little package all under the auspices and the guidance of the National Education Association and the guidelines, rules, and legislation that were handed down via the Communist Democrat Party and blessed by the do-nothing Republicans. That's what they want. They want to control your kids from cradle to grave. They want to control human beings from cradle to grave to have absolute control of them in every aspect of their life total dependence on the federal government from education to health to raising children, you name it. They want to be the ones who dictate to the American people how, when, and where to do all this stuff. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, the, uh, the director or the person who's ahead of the Department of Education went on to say, I think all our schools should be community centers. Our schools should be open 12, 13, 14 hours a day with a wide variety of after-school programming. Not programming. Continued indoctrination. Continued on how you should accept all the things that the United Nations teaches. How things that you should accept as far as no borders, no constitution, citizens of the world. That's what they want to teach. That's what they are teaching. He goes on to say, thankfully, in vast majorities of communities around the nation, our schools are actually safe havens. Yeah, in 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 uh, states and in uh, towns, cities, large cities, where Democrats run them, and where the economy is down in its knees, and these kids don't have any mom or dad because they're trying to either get out from underneath poverty, they're trying to get out from underneath drug abuse, dependence, And they don't have time to devote to their kids. They have time to go out and have more kids by different fathers or different mothers and let the state take care of them by pouring more money into the mailbox. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a demented, this is a crooked, this is a complete perverted idea. The vast majority is our streets he said, where the violence is happening. If we could keep our kids in the school longer, we think that it makes a lot of sense. However, according to a fact sheet from the Federal National Center for Educational Studies and Statistics, some 1.3 million students aged 12 to 18 faced victimization at school in 2012 including 89,000 serious violent victimizations. The fact sheet also states that those students face more violence at school than away from school. Why? Who's running the schools? The National Education Association? Who's uh, running all the money into those schools and who's telling the schools what they can teach in the curriculums? The Communist Democrat Party and all their minions, including the NEA. 
Now, this very fact sheet states in 2012, students aged 12 to 18 were victims of about 1,364,900 non-fatal victimizations at school, including 615,600 thefts, 749,200 violent victimizations, 89,000 of which were serious violent victimizations. The victimization rate for students in 2012 varied according to student characteristics. Here we go. Here we go. Student characteristics. You know what that means. Victims of being bullied, victims of being homosexuals, victims of this, victims of that, victims because they were black, victims because they were Hispanics, and it was all laid at the feet probably at honkies and crackers. Between 1992 and 2012, the total victimization rate for students ages 12 to 18 generally declined both at school from from 181 to 52% per thousand and away from school from 173 to 38% per thousand. This pattern also held for thefts, violence, victimizations, and serious violent victimizations. As stated in 2012, a greater number of students aged 12 to 18 experienced victimizations, theft, and violent theft and violent crime at school more than away from school. That year, 52 victimizations per 1,000 students occurred at school and 30 per 1,000 away from school. Oh yeah, school's a safe place. In most schools, it's the inmates running the school. And it's the teachers who are too busy trying to come up with new ways to teach and indoctrinate that are sitting back and letting this all go on. The National Education Association. The indoctrination arm of the Communist Democrat Party. The Communist Democrat Party has dictated to the schools, via public schools, via uh, all these uh, agencies that we are going to try to establish, we want to establish boarding schools, public boarding schools, that you and I, the American taxpayer, will be paying to house all these individuals so they can be indoctrinated in depth 24-7 by our government, our out-of-control, rogue, communist government. We'll be right back after the Phyllis Schlafly Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is an articulate spokesman in the media and before legislative committees on conservative and pro-family issues and was named one of the 100 most important women of the century by the Ladies' Home Journal. And now here's the president of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. Last April, the Mustang, Oklahoma School Board unanimously approved a public school Bible course developed by the Museum of the Bible and Hobby Lobby President Steve Green. The course was created to coincide with the Green Museum of the Bible scheduled to open in Washington, D.C. in 2017. The Bible course was slated to begin this January, but after a series of complaints from the Freedom From Religion Foundation and the ACLU, the Mustang Public School Board reversed its decision. The topic of a Bible course in the Mustang School District is no longer a discussion item, nor is there a plan to provide such a course in the foreseeable future, according to the superintendent. 
Freedom From Religion Foundation's president called this a victory to preserve the right of a captive audience of students to be free from indoctrination in a public school setting. In the 50 years since prayer and the Bible were removed from public schools, we have seen sharp increases in school violence and behavior problems. Schoolchildren are inundated with progressive socialist mumbo-jumbo every day in school, but the left-wing claims that reading the Bible would defy reason and the law and infringe on students' right to be free from indoctrination. But don't worry, Steve Green and the Museum of the Bible will keep moving forward. Project Chairman Jerry Pattengale said, Museum of the Bible remains committed and continues to work on an innovative, high-tech course that will provide students and teachers with a scholarly overview of the Bible's history, narrative, and impact. Pattengale and Green also plan to move forward in other districts that have expressed interest in using a Bible curriculum. Three cheers for Hobby Lobby. The American traditional family is under attack. Until now, no one has had the courage or wisdom to say who is responsible. In her new book, Who Killed the American Family?, Phyllis Schlafly exposes the culprits and their motivations. Get your copy autographed by Phyllis Schlafly at a special discount at eagleforum.org. That's eagleforum.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call me when they're experiencing chest pain or to call 911 if they're with someone experiencing chest pain. You know why? Because they think it would be embarrassing if it were a false alarm. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. That's ridiculous. So if you have an uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest that lasts more than a few minutes, call me. If you have a pain that spreads to the shoulders, neck, or arms, call me. If you have any discomfort in your chest with lightheadedness, fainting, sweating, nausea, or shortness of breath, call me. If you have any of these symptoms or are with someone who does, dial 911 right away. And if it is a false alarm, I'm not going to give you a lecture. I'll be happy to see you. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org. If you're pregnant and you smoke, you need to know that your risk of your baby being born too small is one and a half to three and a half times greater. By quitting now, your baby has a better chance to be born at a normal weight and to have healthy lungs. But it's also important for you to stay smoke-free after your baby's born. For free materials on quitting or to speak to a quit coach, call the National Quit Line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Public Health Service. You're listening to Hard Talk Christian Radio. We don't pony punches here. We call a spade a spade. Although we are Christians, we have to stand up for ourselves. We have to present those things that are flying in the face of the Christian religion and those things and those people out there and those movements and organizations that are trying to destroy what we believe in as Americans and Christians. The Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. As I went down we stand the river, with Christians all across the, the world. We, as a Christian organization ourselves, radio show, Lord, 
know what Christians are up against, especially our brothers and sisters in the Middle East. We must continue to pray for those folks. We must continue to pray for all Christians everywhere that are being oppressed. America today, Christians in America today, are being oppressed by their own government. Christians need to stand up and be strong. We must speak out for what we believe in. And we must not dither, we must not sway away from what Jesus Christ and the Bible teaches us. They are the words of God. Freedominamericaradio.com, freedominamericaradio.us, Restoration Radio United Kingdom, Dogs Aboard Radio, United Kingdom and America, and the GAL Network all stand with Christians worldwide. You can tune into the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on those stations listed at various times. On freedominamericaradio.com every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On the GAL Network, 24-7. On America in, uh, freedominamericaradio.us, 24-7. Restoration Radio United Kingdom every weekend. Dogs of War. Gary Gatehouse Show is on Dogs of War Radio every day at noon. Please tune in. Now, a message to all my fellow Christians out there, whether you be in New Zealand, Australia, Canada, America, or Europe, anywhere in the, un- in the world today where Christians dwell. One of the things that is facing America today, one of the things, one of the issues that impact on the teachings of Jesus Christ, the teachings of the Bible, is abortion. Now, I've spoke to abortion many, many times, devoted much time on my radio station to the impact of abortion on the population of our countries, the impact of abortion on the family, and on our very religion, our Christian religion. Anytime I have the opportunity to shine a light on individuals that are standing tall and standing up for the freedom of life, the gift of life, I'm going to do it. One such individual today I would like to talk about, and I would like to call this segment the Pro-Life Alert, Standing Up for the Defenseless, the Unborn. Now recently, during the arguments on a House bill that would ban most abortions after 20 weeks of pregnancy, Representative Sean Duffy, representative from Wisconsin, said lawmakers need to stand up for the defenseless, the unborn. He went on to say, I hear the other side talk about how they fight for the forgotten, how they fight for the defenseless. They fight for the voiceless, and they're proud, pound their chest, and they stomp their feet, Duffy said on the House floor Wednesday. You don't have anyone in our society that's more defenseless than these little babies, Duffy continued. Can't we come together as an institution and say we're going to stand with these little babies that feel pain? 
We're going to stand with little babies that can survive outside the womb. Ones that don't have lobbyists, that don't have money, that can't rally, that can't offer contributions to your campaign. If you stand with the defenseless, with the voiceless, you have to stand with these little babies. Don't talk to me about cruelty in our bill. When you look at little babies being dismembered, feeling excruciating pain, if you can't stand to defend these children, what do we stand for in this institution? You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, Representative Duffy voices what many millions of Americans stand for. We do stand for the defenseless. We do stand for those little babies that are still housed in the wombs of their mother, that are waiting there for that day when God says it's your time to join the rest of humanity. It's time for you to be born and take your first breath. We stand for those individuals that have been slaughtered. Millions and millions and millions in my country, America, have been put to the knife, put to all the cruelty one would not even subject a dog to or a cat. We must stand for those little babies. We must stand for the defenseless. Those people who have no voice, the yet the the unborn, who are forced to feel excruciating pain at the hands of the abortionist, being dismembered in the womb, taken out piece by piece, their brains sucked from their heads. I know it's gross, but that is a true fact. You know, as individuals, as a country, as human beings, if we can't stand to defend these children, what in the hell do we stand for? What do we stand for in America if we can't stand up for the most defenseless and voiceless amongst us? That was a quote from Representative Duffy. This man is working tirelessly to protect those in the womb, working tirelessly to bring his voice and the information to the American people on just what the unborn suffer at the hands of abortionists, at the hands of the left, at the hands of those individuals who stand with Roe v. Wade, who stand with abortion at any time during the gestation period of nine months. Irregardless if that baby is being ready to be born, those on the left, those communists, those socialists, those heathens, those people that turn their backs on humanity, turn their backs on God's children, the unborn, say, you can abort that child up to the time that that child is leaving the birth canal. And there's even been instances where they've kept the child, all of it, outside the canal except one part, the head, where they can still say that child is not completely born and they go ahead and kill a ninth-month-old baby being born, being ready to take its first breath in America. Is this freedom? Is this what America calls freedom today? Is this what we call the freedom for all in America today? Is not there any freedom at all guaranteed for those of the unborn? Do we have to call these people that are unborn future representatives, maybe future people that can find cures for cancer, future American citizens? And a large segment of the population, including some Christian churches, 
are turning their backs on these people, these babies, yet to be born, living in their mother's wombs, helpless, depending on the mother, and depending on America to protect them. This is Gary Gatehouse of the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. And we'll be back after a few short messages. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires and I save lives. My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Kids, you're never alone. Whenever you need help, there's always somewhere to turn. Kids Help Phone is a safe, confidential place you can call anytime, anywhere, no matter what the problem is. Call Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868 or online at kidshelpphone.ca. This happens before. It's Friday. Anything goes and you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Yes, you are. I'd like to say howdy to all my friends out there in New Zealand, all the folks down there in South Africa, all you folks up here in the icebox in Canada, all my fellow patriots around the United States of America, Boston, Los Angeles, Boise, Idaho, Kansas City, Missouri, Dallas. Gary Gatehouse sends a big howdy out to you all. And I can't forget all my friends over there in Europe. Chateau, France, Paris, Rome, Italy, Naples, Brindisi, Germany. I hope you folks in Germany are having a great time. On this Friday, don't drink too much of that beer up there in Rothensburg. No, don't do it. And all my friends, all my colleagues, all my patriots, all you brothers and sisters, all you Bobbies down there in London, I hope you're having a fantastic spring day. To my friend, my colleague, a dear friend of mine that resides over there in London, Mr. Stephen Lang, Silver Tongue Devil. What a guy he is, though. What a patriot. Oh, yeah, London, man. I wish I was back over there hitting the pubs. You got it, baby. Formula One season starting up there, Brands Hatch and Silverstone. Man, I wish I was there.
over there, Dogs of War, Dogs of War US and UK. What can I say about you folks? You're on top of it. That's all I can say. You're on top of it. Some of the best music, some of the best DJs, some of the best talk shows. Every day, 24-7, airing on the internet. Dogs of War Radio. If you're on Facebook, go up and visit them. Dogs of War. If you're on Facebook, go up and visit Freedom in America Radio. If you're on Facebook, go up and visit Gary Gatehouse. Entertainment page. Drop by. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a like. I'd appreciate that. And all my fellow Texans, what can I say? It's party night. Every night's party in Texas. But Fridays are double party, right? <laughs> Out at the water and hose. Just be careful. Gary Gatehouse loves every one of you. You don't want you to end up somewhere you shouldn't be. I'd like to see you back Friday. Next month. Next week. Next Monday. Next Wednesday. Just take care of yourself. A salute to the uh, to the guys from the UK that invaded America way back in 1963. The British invasion. Their music never dies, does it? Still sounds good. Love it. Even though these are not the original dudes, these guys sound pretty good. Gets us back to the reality of politics. What the show is designed for. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Anything goes Friday. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about school. We've been talking about college. We've been talking about politics. We've been talking about the left, the right. We've covered a lot of ground today. We've covered a lot of ground. Abortion. We've stuck a lot of stuff in this two hours. And that's what the Gary Gatehouse Show is all about. I talk about all kinds of issues. But one thing you can count on Gary Gatehouse not doing 
is spinning an issue, is talking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm not going to do it. I call a spade a spade, and I speak the truth. And if there's people out there that just can't stand the truth, then you need to find another radio host. You need to find somebody else. Like I said, this is a Christian radio station. This is a Christian radio show, but it's a tough talk Christian radio show. I don't mean to appease anybody's feelings. I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just going to tell the truth and you take it for what it's worth. Whether it be about the Christian religion or abortion or anything. Everything revolves about what we as a, as a people, we as Christians believe in. And like I said earlier in this show and on many other shows, it seems that Americans today have lost their way. They don't really have any core values. I'm not saying all of us are that way. But a large portion of us are. We don't have any core values anymore. We have no respect for ourselves, for other people. We have no respect for our country, no respect for our military, our flag. It's all gone out the window. And I, for one, one patriot who has fought for our country, who's a Christian, who's a father, a grandfather, a husband, has uh, many grandchildren, in my books many, I don't understand how America can look itself in the mirror these days. I really can't. How it can stand there and lie to itself constantly. How it can't react to those things, those issues, those things going down in our country that are perpetuated by the left, by the lackadaisical right. I'm talking about leadership in the Republican Party and the Communist Democrat Party, the leaders at the top, I'm talking about that guy that resides in the White House, and his wife and his minions, how we can put up with it. How we can just say, okay, I don't care. How in the heck, America, can you do that? Knowing that someday you're going to pass away. And what's left as a legacy and what you did as an American, as a father, if you are a father, as a grandfather, if you are a grandfather, or just true to yourself and your family, and your siblings. How in the heck can you say, I don't care what's going on? It doesn't impact me directly, so I don't care. Somewhere down the road, it's going to impact you. Somewhere down the road in the future, it's going to impact your children, your grandchildren, and future generations that you will never lay eyes on, never have the opportunity to shake hands with or greet. They will still be Americans and they will still be living in the rules, regulations and whatever kind of country we create today and laws that will rule them and the leadership that will stand against them or for them. It's on us. We have our time slot that God gave us, whether it be one day or a hundred days or a year or 50 years or 70 or 80 years. He put us all on earth for a reason. He blessed this country for a reason. But it seems America today just does not get it. Just does not get it. Why we are put here, what we are in charge of, what we need to stand with and what we need to stand against. Most Americans, not all of us, but most of us, just don't get it. Just don't get it. You know, ladies and gentlemen, We've talked about violence. We've talked about abortion. We've talked about it all. But I want to give you some uh, information here that you can uh, impart to your families, impart to your neighbors, impart to your friends. 
We all seen what went down in, in Baltimore here a few weeks ago. We all see what, seen what went down in Ferguson, Missouri. And we all sat back in a gasp and said, my God, what's America coming to? Why are these folks out there? Why are they running down the streets, burning down buildings, throwing rocks at police? There's no respect for anything anymore. How did this happen? Four U.S. cities cited as the most violent in the world. That's the headline. Four United States cities, cities in our country, have been cited as most violent in the world. A recent study by the Citizens Council for Public Security and Criminal Justice compiled the 50 most violent cities in the United States, in the world. While it's important to note that the rankings didn't include cities that are within war zones, and many cities didn't report their murder data for that year, the list is revealing nonetheless. The city that topped the list, number one, number uno, number Ichiban, was San Pedro Sula, Honduras, with 187.14 homicides per 100,000 people. My God. Four American cities made the top 50 list. Number one on that list was Detroit, Michigan, ranking number 24 in the world for violence. New Orleans, Louisiana, ranking number 26 in the world for violence. Baltimore, Maryland, number 28, for ranking number 28 for violence. St. Louis, Missouri, number 36, ranked number 36 for violence in their city. Now I ask you, why are there so many murders in these American cities? Why is that? How is that? Well, let's see what they have in common, all four of these cities. They all have high poverty rates. New Orleans ranks number four for poverty. Baltimore, Maryland ranks number six. Detroit, Michigan ranks number eight. St. Louis, Missouri ranks number 12. Now let's look at the governments of those four cities. The, the mayors of those cities, the leadership, the leadership history of these cities. Baltimore, Maryland has had a Democratic mayor since 1967 and that was the last time a Republican was in charge of Baltimore as a mayor, 1967. St. Louis, the last time there was a, a Republican mayor in St. Louis, 1949. Detroit, Michigan, last time a Republican was in charge, the mayor of Detroit, 1962. Now hold on to your hats for Louisiana. Sit down if you must. New Orleans, Louisiana has been under the thumb, under the guidelines, under the guidance and leadership, if you will, of a Democratic mayor, mayor since 1870. That was the last time a Republican mayor was in New Orleans, Louisiana. 1870. Now, we've covered about the, the uh, demographics of Baltimore, St. Louis, Detroit, and New Orleans as far as how they're ranked as far as poverty and murders in the world. This is all just another example of the failure of the Communist Democrat Party and their continued support by the black community. 
All you blacks out there that continue to point your finger at Republican Party and it's being the fault for the plight in life, why, why not take a look at these figures? Maybe you'll learn something. The Communist Democrat Party and the ideology that they preach from, the lack of true leadership, has destroyed the black family, the black community, yet you folks re- refuse to look at the reality of all this. The bottom line, he, you have been used and abused by the Communist Democrat Party for decades, yet you continue to vote them into office. The bottom line, once again, all you folks in the black community, going over all this that I just went over, you, like I said, you continue to point the finger at Republicans and conservatives and Tea Party folks and white folks, but in the reality of it all, You have no one to blame but yourself. You're listening to Dogs of War Radio, live, unless it's a recast. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much. Unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to walk. Talking, moving, walking. Gone. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience this, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Know the facts about African Americans and stroke. To join the movement to stop stroke, visit strokeassociation.org today. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. Now you folks are going to be sitting at the watering holes tonight by yourself, crying in your beer. This song's for you. Now you folks over there in Nacogdoches... My God, it's Friday. I tell you what, if I was a non-drinking person, I'd just get inside my house and lock the doors. All right, let's do it. God 
Gary, you're playing one it's hell of a hit tune there. I love and that I'm song. Carl, come over here and listen to this song that Gary's playing. Yep, 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 I'll be right away. Now you fellas have got to put down that dang beer and go over there and sit down. I ain't got enough room over over here by the microphone for y'all to hang over my shoulder. I'll play this song later. I'm turning the speaker off. Well, I didn't mean to offend you, Gary. I'll go sit down. Listen to it later, I guess. Can I hear a couple of yeehaws? Hey, Dixie darling, how you doing? Haven't talked or shouted out your name in a long time. Hope you're doing well, you and your mom. Billy Van Horn, take your pills. You know, all you listeners out there, before I close out the show today, I just got to pass some information along to you. Being down here in South Texas, we see firsthand what legals are doing, illegals are doing to America. We see firsthand how they're treated with kid gloves. We see them every day when we go into town in San Antonio. Now, me and my missus, we load up once in a while. And go into the big city. It's quite a trip for us. It's not no just around the block. We got to go down old country roads and circum- circumvent all the dang deer and antelope and skunks and possums and everything else that are standing in the middle of the road. Dodge the pickups and rock haulers and everything else. But we get there and we get into town and we walk into Walmart or walk into any other store and watch the first thing we hear. It damn sure isn't English. Now, there's a fellow. His name is William Gein, G-H-E-E-N. He's the president of the Americans for Illegal Immigration, or A-L-I-P-A-C, and they are doing a bang-up job. And he came out and said the word asylum has indeed become the password for foreign nationals, illegal aliens, showing up at the border. They will be taken to a detention center to be processed and given a court date along with contact information for an asylum attorney and a religious charity that will help them find housing, food, and clothing. And they will even be given instructions on how to obtain their Obama phone, he said. You're paying for this, America. And that video that he's talking about is further clear evidence that Obama and his administration is involved in a conspiracy to overthrow America's defenses, laws, borders, and republic by flooding America with as many as possible who will be dependent on the system and the socialists who help them get here and food, give them food, housing, and whatever. 
Now, Mr. Gein was talking about all this in an interview that was conducted with him in a news outlet last week. He said he's going for broke because he knows that Mitch McConnell, John Boehner, and the other sellout Republicans won't stop him. And that's the God's truth. They won't. They won't say anything. And he goes on to say, in fact, many of those Republicans are now voting for his, his Obama's, Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal and trying to get him more bodies, more non-Americans into America. The name of the game, ladies and gentlemen, is to get as many non-Americans with alien perspectives and principles into America so that America's condition becomes terminal. And it's well on its way. Nobody is doctoring it. Everybody is adding to it the terminal condition in Washington, D.C. Gary Gatehouse's words. Now, he goes on to say, we're fighting against every avenue we can. But our fight right now is to try to slow them down and try to, keep, and try to save every life we can and every job we can. He continued on, tens of thousands more lives and jobs will be lost if we lose this fight. The U.S. allows 1.1 million illegal aliens into this country through both legal channels and the illegal aliens, they do it through illegal channels every year. And another 250,000 to 500,000, like I said, come in here illegally. That's more than any other nation on earth, Mr. Gein said. Now you folks know that I am hard as nails on this issue. I don't pull any punches. I call a spade a spade. Obama, like Mr. Gein said, his plans are to undermine America. With third world trash who have no allegiance to this country, no idea about what our country's for, our values, our ideas, how we got here, how we became America, they have no idea what all this is that America is all about. That's what Obama wants. Third world trash that he is dumping onto our motherland, and we the people, we the American people, are going to be paying and are paying for it. Paying for them. And I've asked the question many times, America, does this concern you? Do you really care? Or have you just washed your hands of the whole thing and have stopped being Americans? Do you really care who Obama is bringing into your country, our country? Do you really care? I would surmise if somebody knocked on your door that was shabby, couldn't speak a lick of English, probably coughing and stuff and maybe had some kind of disease, I doubt very seriously if you'd say, yeah, come on in, bring your kids, and we'll support you until you find a job. We'll help you find a job. We'll put you in a car and drive you down the road every day at our expense, take you to find your day jobs. We'll take you down to the health care center, and we'll buy your pills. We'll buy your health care. We'll buy your education. We'll put clothes on your kids, and we'll feed you. Would you do that if somebody showed up at your house that could not speak a lick of English and you knew was from a foreign country? This is what's happening to us as a nation. And like I said, you wouldn't bring those people into your house. You're doing all you can right now, America, to feed your own kids, to put clothes on your back, your wife's back, your kids. 
to pay your bills, to pay your car insurance, to pay your car mortgage. But no, that's not the end of it. You're not getting away anymore and haven't been for a long time. You're not paying for everything that you're responsible for. You're paying for everything that the federal government, Obama, the Republicans, everybody else says, you're responsible for these illegals we're allowing in as well. You're responsible for their health care, their food, their education. And don't complain, by God, this is on you and we're you're going to do it. And you don't say anything. America, what in the hell is your problem? Why can't you stand up and say no? No more of this. When as a nation are we going to wake up? I venture to say it is probably too late anyway for our country. Our country has already been sold out. The politicians have hoodwinked, have indoctrinated the American people to the point where most Americans just don't give a damn anymore about anything. Except a beer on the coffee table, so maybe some sports on TV, and a couple of uh, cheese sandwiches or whatever laying in a plate. That's all they care about. They don't care that uh, your uh, government has sold you out. The third world trash. The third world trash that you're paying for. Transportation, everything, the whole nine yards. And it starts at the border when they come across. Where they're put on buses and they're taken all over the United States. You probably see them as day, day workers lining the streets at certain places in your city or town waiting for somebody to pick them up so they can go cut their grass or whatever. They're working in meatpacking plants throughout the United States. They're working in places that most Americans would have worked, but those jobs, the wages have been cut so low, Americans could not work there and support themselves or their families. But these illegals, they can do it. Wake up, America. You're being beat up by your government. This is Gary Gatehouse, wishing you all a great weekend. Take care of yourselves. God bless you. You and your families and your countries, my my country, pray for our, our military. And I'll be back behind the microphone Monday. Until then, good day. Oh, beautiful, far heroes proved In liberating strife Self, well, country loved and mercy more than life. America, America, make God thy gold refine. Singing something like this. Listen here. Oh, beautiful, far spacious skies. 
Oh, my God. 